Hey everybody, it's Nico with today's Thought Load. And today I'm going to be talking about what I'm seeing as the supply issue or the supply situation of crypto and Bitcoin in particular. If you want to learn more about my perspective on crypto, please check out my monologue on our website or any podcast platform. That's a a general and basic description of what Bitcoin is. I answer some fundamental questions and um, kind of get the ball rolling for anyone who wants to get involved with crypto as well. Now, I'm going to go over some basics here. So for those of you that don't know, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin ever created. And there's a, there's a mathematical equation for how that's happening, all that stuff. And according to current statistics, there's about 2.4 million Bitcoin that's held on exchanges. So in other words, places like Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, all these places, they have about, in total, 2.4 million Bitcoin. Now, here's the crazy part. That's about $100 billion worth, give or take. What? So that means that one of the wealthiest people in the world, like Bezos, could go in and be like, I'm going to buy all of this myself. And if there's no Bitcoin left to be sold, how much do you think the price is going to be? Now, we're in this current situation where there's 2.4 million Bitcoin on exchanges. We're in that situation without major institutional investing. At this point, there's a couple of other countries that have legalized a, a Bitcoin ETF. I think there's one in, in Switzerland. I saw one in Dubai, Canada, some other places around the world. I think the total is around 19 or 20 nations that actually share the same financial standards as we do. So why haven't we done it? I don't know. That's... A, that's another topic. But the crazy part is, what, what do you think happens when those institutions do get involved? Listen, I saw, what, two, three months ago that the, I think, third largest food retailer in California has converted to a Bitcoin standard. That's awesome. I think that's a great move for them. But that's one company. Imagine if all of the companies did that. How much Bitcoin do you think would be left? And how easy do you think it would be to get one? Now, I think something that I wish I would have mentioned in my, in my monologue was something that Hal Finney said. This was in 2009. He actually wrote this in a Bitcoin forum um, way back in the early days of the cryptocurrency. And he was talking, just theorizing about potential price points and stuff. I'm going to read this to you. As an amusing thought experiment, imagine that Bitcoin is successful and becomes a dominant payment system in use throughout the world. Then the total value of the currency should be equal to the total value of all wealth in the world. Current estimates of total worldwide household wealth that I have found, again, health any, range from 100 trillion to 300 trillion. With 20 million coins, that gives each coin a value of about 
$10 million. So the possibility of generating coins today with a few cents of computation time may be quite a good bet with a payoff of about $100 million to one. Even if the odds of Bitcoin succeeding to this degree are slim, are they really $100 million to one against? Something to think about. Now, I wanted to read that to you to give you an idea of where we're at in the grand scheme of things. Right now, what I'm seeing is the United States is dragging its feet with approving a Bitcoin ETF. They're trying to get more people involved so we can regulate this stuff. And listen, from a certain perspective, I, I definitely appreciate regulation. It makes sure that we don't have any bad actors. There's less scams, things like that. But this should have been done 10 years ago. This should have been done five years ago. It should have been done sometime in the past. The U.S. is just dragging its feet. And really, it's probably doing so to protect the dollar. Because if all of a sudden Bitcoin does become a global currency, well, the value of the dollar goes down. And thus, a lot of the global economics gets kind of messed with as well. Right? There's a lot of global debt that is supposed to be paid in U.S. dollars. So there's, there's some other aspects there that I'm not familiar with and, and I don't fully understand. But this is pretty straightforward to me. Getting in and investing in whatever amount of Bitcoin or just crypto in general. Hopefully it's one of the top couple of coins, but it, getting into Bitcoin is probably going to be beneficial for you in five or 10 years. Hopefully you can wait that long um, because once the United States actually does turn turn the switch and the world does realize that this is something that's easy to use, it's faster, you don't need an intermediary, yes, it actually can be tracked and traced. And so it's not easy. You know, you or I can't do that very, very easily, but it can be. Once people realize certain fundamentals of this cryptocurrency and realize that there's a limited supply and actually how limited that supply is, the price movement whenever more institutions actually start to invest is going to be massive. Think about what I just mentioned. One person, one of the richest people in the world can buy all of the Bitcoin that's in circulation right now. In April of 2022, one guy can wipe out, in a good way, the Bitcoin market. Now, supply and demand tells us that if there's zero supply and there's still a demand for something, well, the price is going to be really, really high, right? I mean, that's probably what's going to happen whenever these institutions get involved. Whenever more people get onto a Bitcoin standard or start to use Bitcoin more regularly, start to accept Bitcoin as payment, all that stuff, that is going to totally change the, that dynamic and thus the price of, of Bitcoin. And just to give you an idea of when the rest will be created, because like, yeah, there's, there's 2.3 million. Well, there's going to be another couple million created, right? Yeah, there will be. Over the next 120 years, 
That's literally how slow it's being generated. There's, I believe, the, the block reward. So a, a Bitcoin or Bitcoins, I should say, are generated every 30 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes. And the reward for doing so or for mining a block is 6.25 Bitcoin. So that means every 20 to 30 minutes, there's an extra six that are added. That's not a lot, <laughs> right? We haven't even gotten started with how wild the price movements can be. And people, I, I can't even believe this isn't being talked about on major news networks and everything like that in terms of, it's all about the price volatility, what's Bitcoin doing, how can it serve whatever, and no one, we're just glossing over the fact that one person can totally buy all of the Bitcoin that's left in circulation. And the question I want to ask with all of this, and part of the reason I wanted to do this recording is, where are you in this situation? Do you have 10 bucks worth of Bitcoin? Are you playing around with it a little bit? Are you standoffish and, and don't want to get involved? And I'd urge you to look into it more. If, and this is not financial advice, I said that on my monologue and I'm not a financial advisor, but I just want you to, I'm asking these questions so you can think. If you have an extra 200 bucks laying around, would you rather have that $200 in cash three years from now or would you rather have $200 in Bitcoin? or in another cryptocurrency that you believe in. I'm going to take my $200 in Bitcoin and hold on to that for a little while and see what happens. Because as far as I can tell, at least right now with inflation numbers and how governments have shown to manage their, their money across the world, not just in the United States, but across the world, I don't want any part of what they have going on. And so I'd rather put my money in something that's based on math and based on cryptography and governed by math and cryptography rather than something that isn't even backed by gold anymore and is governed by politicians who are, I don't know, lobbied and paid for by corporations and other stuff. Just a thought. Think about that. Look into Bitcoin. Check out my monologue. And guys, if you like this, this thought load, please leave us a review. That's how we spread the word and get more people involved in what we're doing. And I want to leave you with two quotes here. The first is from Ken Fisher. He's the founder of Fisher Investments. He says, time in the market beats timing the market. And the last from Melody Hobson is the biggest risk of all is not taking one. Guys, we'll see you again next week for another thought load. And as always, begin the duel, win the day. <laughs>